Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's the Boston Celtics. My name's Dan, and one time a stranger drove into my driveway and screamed profanities at a friend and I because we were playing lightsabers in my backyard. We were 23 years old. (laughs) My name is Jimmy, and I didn't learn how to tie my shoes until I was 10 years old. (laughs) I'm Jeff, and my great-great-grandmother was Native American. Oh, yeah. So, like, I guess I guess I'm going to have to run for president in 2020. Yeah. No, that's yeah. what that means. All right. Yeah. Relax there, Pocahontas. Whoa. Relevant. I remember when that person yelled at Dan and I believe Caleb. <laughs> yes. For <laughs> He drove into my driveway to bully me. So the backstory is Force Effects lightsabers had just come out. These really high-end, expensive lightsabers. Yep. Um, so once it got dark out and you could really see the effect of the, uh, the lightsaber traveling up the glass shaft, yep. uh, they we put, were having so many they, lightsaber They battles. put on robes and they like, they had their own way to hold the lightsabers, their own styles. Yeah. And I was a poor boy and didn't own one and still don't. They were and expensive. They're like over $150. Yeah, they still like, are. Around saw, that, yeah. They have a Kylo Ren one now. I saw what? It. It's on sale for like 70 bucks at I the Disney it. outlet. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, dude. So, um... If you get an opportunity to leave us a review, rating, tweet at us, or email us at talkmeinto at gmail.com, we will take this opportunity to read it on the show. Jeff, do we have any reviews? We do. We have one from uh, 81 Coppermine. Awesome. Five stars. Love it. Thanks, 81 Coppermine. (laughs) Thanks for the review. Short and sweet. Yeah. And Jimmy, I believe we have a comment on our website. Yes. Sean Fitch says, talk me into keto diet. That's my dad. <laughs> wow. I don't know if we can talk him into that because I'm not currently on a keto diet. I'm also not on a keto diet. I'm on a gout diet. <laughs> I eat everything that makes my toes hurt. Sorry, dad. So every week, we have a little segment called What We're Talking Ourselves Into. Is that what it's called? It's just, that's what, what we're talking what ourselves I guess we're into officially? That. Yeah, sure. Okay. So uh, this week, I am talking myself into Jenna Marbles videos. Oh, what is that? <laughs> I know what it is. Yeah, it's she was a really big YouTuber back in the day. Back in the day, like five years ago. So long ago. In YouTube well, yeah. years, that's like 25. That exactly. Because she's like 30. Yeah, so she's, 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 she's already, right she now. should be retired. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of her, her main videos, but I've been really into her dog videos that are Ugh. basically just about just her two Italian greyhounds and one little chihuahua. Chihuahua's named Marbles and two Italian greyhounds are Kermit and Peach. And they're adorable. And they're just a little fun videos to watch. She made a, so one of her dogs, Kermit, who's an Italian greyhound, Really likes Irish spring soap and rubs his face over it. 
So she made him a bed out of all Irish spring. <laughs> That's vile. You truly are a cute little anime boy. <laughs> so it's just a little fun, wholesome content to uh, I like it to watch. Yeah. I mean, you guys could have trashed me for Queer Eye, but look, I talked you into it. Oh, I'm not going to talk you into Jenna Marvels. Okay. I feel ashamed. All right. Uh, Jeff, what have you been talking yourself into? I want to start calling people Dodo Bird again. Because <laughs> like... One. Because Bozo's good. That's a classic. Bojo, Bojo is good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jamoke, one of my favorites. Jabroni. Jabroni. Wow, we're on the same page here. <laughs> I've been a big Schmohawk guy. Schmohawk is good. That's good. But Schmohawk isn't just on like the tip of my tongue. Schmohawk comes at like moments of extreme like anger. But I think like Dodo Bird is something you could call people where you could say it in public. It's not going to offend anybody. But it's like, ah, you're a Dodo Bird. Like you're still getting the point across <laughs> yeah. that they're being a Dodo Bird. But you're not like swearing at them or saying yeah. anything highly offensive. I just think it's a good term that nobody uses anymore. So I started using <laughs> it this last week and it's been going pretty well. What's the derivation? Is it from a piece of pop culture? It sounds familiar to me. Like, was it used predominantly in a movie or TV show? No, I just think that it's because people are compared to a stupid bird. That well, I know the extinct. meaning of it, Jeff. I'm asking <laughs> if you heard it from somewhere. Like, no, Schmohawk just... is from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, that's Bojo that... is from Back to the Future Part 2. Yeah, no, this is just from... It might be, but I just know just it from... From your mom? From... Yeah, I was always called... The <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah, yeah, I've been on Jabroni Kick lately. Especially Jabroni... at work. Jabroni's See, that good was brought back it. from Always Sunny. Yep, yep. Was it? Yeah. I just know it from wrestling. Jamoke, they said once and it's always sunny. And I was like, oh, they're using our word. No, Mac calls people jabroni all the time. That was definitely repopular. But like Dodo Bird, you could say it in the office. You could say it in school. You could say it at the grocery store. If you ever need to insult somebody, go with Dodo Bird. Let's bring it back. It's good. Bring it back. Dan, what are you talking yourself into this week? So I'm talking myself into lighting candles. Oh, you're a candle guy. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, I was never a candle guy. Never had candles in the house before. Mm-hmm. When Jeff moved in with me, that's right. The house was invaded by candles because Jeff is a candle guy. I-, I like scented candles. And guess what? I like them too. Nice. I found out that I'm a candle guy. What kind of scents do you go for? I'm more of a fruity guy. Oh, opposite. Really? I'm a masculine man. Oh, huh? those I'm are about too. sandalwood. I'm about pine. Yeah, no. I, so like, I could do that too. There's like a, a bergamot, tobacco leaf. Yeah, you got me a couple of those. Yeah, those are good. I use those a lot at work. But I guess it depends on the brand, too, because some candles, even though they smell good, they give me a huge headache. So I'm really into seasonal scents. Let me me hit you with what I'm about. Let's do it. So starting in fall, it was pumpkin spice hard. I don't I don't go for the pumpkin spice. I know it's serious white people problems, but. (laughs) Like I need the, more pumpkin like the cinnamon, spice. I, I don't like the food stuff because, like, I don't want to smell cupcakes. Come home and then there's no cupcakes. I you agree I mean? with you uh, to an extent, but uh, I'm making an exception around the October okay. for, for pumpkin spice. Then I'm hitting when we get into uh, you know I'll I'll mess with like a, turkey and gravy, like <laughs> like uh, like a cinnamon apple or like a crisp fall air. Yeah, you got me a cinnamon apple candle for Christmas. Yeah, and then I'm segueing nice. right into pine, evergreen, holly, those scents. Douglas firs. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, my sister just picked me up a really nice. I don't usually mess with vanillas and those types of things, but this is a nice, deep, rich vanilla. There's mm. a buttery toffee scent to it. Mm. It's not a cloyingly sweet like cupcake vanilla scent. But, but the reason why I'm talking myself into lighting candles is because I have these candles and I like when I use the candles. But 
I'm not naturally a candle guy, so I never remember to light the candles. They sit on the shelf. You can't just light them yeah. for 10 minutes. you got to wait till exactly. they hit the glass. You yep. get the warmers for the top. It helps disperse the heat down the glass. And then if you want to... Wow, I don't even know what that guy. is. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm always sort of like weighing options. Like, oh, if I light it now, is it really going to be lit for long enough? I have to go out you know in a little while. You know what you have while? to do? Get votives. Put them in shot glasses. You light them. You can let them for a little bit. doesn't matter. But you don't want to ruin a candle and get that deep well in there. Yeah. So it's tough right now. It's tough. And then I also have this thing of like the majority of the time when I'm around my living room area is when I'm cooking dinner. Do I want to light a candle? Is it going to combat? You know, is it going to mess with the smell of the dinner? Mm. Is it going to be off-putting when you're trying to eat? Or get a wax melter. I don't know what that is. Oh, my it's mom a, has one of those. They're now. little plates that heat up and you put a piece. It's just the oh, wax yeah. from a candle. My mom has one too. And they're yeah. flameless. I think every mom has that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to so talk Dan myself. So Dan needs one too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a dad, but uh, I guess I'm a single dad, even though I'm not a dad at all. But emotionally, <laughs> I'm a single, single dads are basically moms. I think of myself as like a 55-year-old single father. Just trying to get through the day. That cardigan is agreeing with I, I am wearing a cardigan right now. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm just just got to light the candles now. I've got the candles. I got to light them. Just do it, man. Take that step. You're halfway there. Be lit. Welcome back to Talk Me Into. This episode, I am taking an opportunity to do something I've wanted to do for quite some time. Really long time. I am going to talk Jeff and Jimmy successfully. Mark it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am talking them into liking the Boston Celtics. <sighs> what is the Boston Celtics' biggest enemy, the Lakers? Yeah, but... You're getting ahead of yourself. No, here. I'm I'm, I'm going to talk myself into them before you, you even talk me into Don't you the dare. Boston Celtics. I'm going to go horde. No. Um, so let's first I'm going to give you a little background of why I like the Boston Celtics. And then I want to find out, find out where you guys are at with sports, basketball, all those things. Okay. I'll so take your lead. I was never a huge sports guy. Most of my family are not really into sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, I do have some formational memories of my grandfather uh, liking basketball. He was a big supporter of the UConn girls basketball team. And he would occasionally watch the Boston Celtics. But it never really ingrained itself into me. Maybe a little bit more than any other sport. But I mostly found sports to be tedious and useless. And I equated them with the type of people that called me bad names in school. <laughs> like Dodo Bird. Yeah, worse than Dodo Bird. Wow. Um, if you can imagine. It's rough. So <clears throat> I guess it was about 2007. Not to sound like a bandwagon fan, but the Celtics had recently made national news by acquiring two all-star level players to pair with their one existing all-star player, Paul Pierce. So they traded for Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. And I, I don't know, it was in pop culture. I was a huge fan of the movie He Got Game, starring Ray Allen, who, as That I is said, a great movie. Yeah, and he was a UConn alum. Great soundtrack. He played college in Connecticut, and now he had recently been traded to the Boston Celtics. So I decided, I'm going to give it a shot. So one night, there was a nationally televised game. I watched it. I found it very enjoyable. Unlike other sports that I had been exposed to, NBA basketball was much faster, much more fluid and exciting. Mm-hmm. So I started watching it, and it was a great time to be into the Boston Celtics. They went on to win the championship that year. 
They had a great defense. It was just a great team. So I got sucked in. I've been a fan ever since. Um, Let's start with Jeff. Jeff, what is your exposure to sports, basketball, Boston Celtics? I'll tell you all of that, but 2007? Yeah. I've known you for so long, and it still feels like a recent thing that you're into sports because it was like a hard switch. It was like somebody just pressed the button and you had like green all over you. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Celtics fan now. Like yeah. I said, it was the perfect time. Like you pair the fact that I liked it and I was interested with maybe the best time to be a fan of the team in the last over a decade. All right. So, I mean, I was born in the 80s, child of the 90s. Uh, basketball was huge then. Maybe it's still huge. I don't know. But like this is when you're talking about the Chicago Bulls are like the team, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, all those dudes. Yeah. Um, I was into basketball back then when I was like eight, nine, 10, I played basketball for, you know, the little teams that you have. And the team that I was assigned where I got like the t-shirt was the Celtics. And, um, you know, I like, I was terrible at it. Awful at it. Never got past the ball. Same. But like, I liked it and I would watch it when it was on. And, you know, I was like, I like the Bulls. I like Shaquille O'Neal when he was coming out, when he was on the Magic, and then he transferred over to the Lakers. And then I turned, like, 13, and I just didn't care about it anymore. Totally mm-hmm. fell off. Don't care, you know. NBA Jam, still a dope game. I'll play that all day. <laughs> He's heating up. He's on fire. That's the nail in the coffin. You know, I'm down for that. But I don't care at all right now about basketball or any other sport in any capacity. As you've heard in the Magic episode – I don't even care about competition. Like even a game that I love, I just want to have fun. I don't care about who wins. I'd much rather lose at something like magic. If we did something dope in the game, than win. Like I'm just not competitive at all. And I just, I don't like sports. I don't like this, the subculture of sports. The, I hate to say it now because it's such a, a trigger word, but the toxic masculinity, I've never been a fan of that in sports. Yeah. And it's just different crews. And I know a lot of it is just like that. That's extreme. Cause a lot of people who like anything are like, yeah, I like the sports and there, I guess there is a social aspect to it and there's a community of it, but I don't care. I don't care if it, the, the Cubs won after 300 years of not winning. I don't care. I don't see the point for a parade. I think it's childish and like the propaganda song in the end, it's just a kid's game. I don't care. Okay. Okay. Talk me into it. There's a little bit more background that you're leaving out, though. There's one specific event. I don't remember the situation. No. (laughs) But for some reason, I had to go to your house to work on something. It might have been for a previous podcast. Okay. You don't recall this? I don't recall what's happening. And it was the NBA Finals, Game 7, Celtics versus Lakers in 2010. Yeah. And I said, I will come over to your house tonight, but we have to watch the game. And you agreed to that. So we went there. It was me, you, and a mutual friend of ours. And we watched the game. And he was sort of debating me on the merits of being a fan and all that. But you were actually pretty supportive of me. You were saying, you know, it's not for me, whatever. But you had my back as to, like, why I should be able to watch the game and without being criticized. And I think just your sort of acceptance and silence alone mean that you didn't find it abhorrent. I don't find it abhorrent, but I'm personally take everything out other than the game. I'm extremely bored by it. And I don't remember the details or nuances of the conversation between the three of us, but I think that 
now my hatred of that individual that was debating you might have been why I chose your side because I, I don't like that person as a person and have since fallen out with him. But I, I don't remember. That might be why. Okay. So, Jimmy, what is your background with sports and basketball? Uh, as I, you wear a New York Mets Yes, hoodie. I am currently wearing a New York Mets hoodie. Um, baseball is my favorite sport. Never super into it. Um, I, I don't follow seasons. I don't really follow teams. Um, but I do like the Mets. It was just kind of a thing that I grew up with. My dad was a big Mets fan. Um, but with basketball itself, um, I never had that much, much exposure to it. Uh, occasionally like watching some games, like at school, I never played it. Um, I would occasionally shoot hoops. I got really good at shooting hoops for a while, but I've never like played a game of basketball. You're a horse man. Yeah. I've so played, actually I've not, not to cut you off, but I'm totally cutting you off. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago at a, a hangout with coworkers, I won a very, very large game of horse. There were at least 20 people and I was the nice. victor. And it is still talked about to this day. Congratulations. Throughout the halls of the office. <laughs> Proud of you. Thank you so much. Um, so I don't follow any basketball teams. Occasionally I'll check out, I'll, I'll kind of see how the Celtics are doing because it's part of my family. Obviously, I know Dan. Everyone knows Dan is my cousin. Um, he has since talked his family into his the Celtics. His entire family like sits around and they're <laughs> yeah. all wearing the stuff. It's yeah. great. They They're all it. very into it. So occasionally if I'll like, I'll hear if like the Celtics are doing good this year from like our grandfather. Um, so yeah, I, I just never got into basketball. Um, baseball is more my speed. It's a little bit more. It's slow. ironic that you it's say slothful. speed. I, exactly. I love that it's so slow and methodical. And when there's an actual play, like it's exciting. I mean, um, my dad used to take us to like Yankees and Mets games. The last one I went to was the 2000 Subway Series before the World <laughs> Series. Yeah, yeah. But like Subway Series still, is great. It's still like, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not a huge ba- baseball fan, but that's just where I kind of fall into. I, I just feel like with basketball, there's so much moving parts. This is why I can't get into football either, because it's so many like methodical, like everything is happening at once. And so football is way more confusing, in my opinion, because they've taken all the action and crammed it into short little bursts with a lot of downtime in between. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sort of give an outline of why I think you should be a fan of basketball. And then I'm going to narrow it to if you're going to be a fan of basketball, why you should be a fan of the Boston Celtics. Okay. So to me, basketball is the most engaging due to the speed, uh, the constant motion, and the levels of excitement. And to back that up, my example is my family. I basically, my parents had a channel on their satellite that I didn't get that showed every Celtics game. So I would go over their house to watch it. And usually I'd watch it like in another room from them because they didn't care. But occasionally things would work out and they had nothing else going on. And they'd say, you could watch it in here. And just over time, just curiosity just sucked them in and... Now, like Jimmy said, my parents, my sister, my niece, my grandfather, huge fans. We've gone to see the Celtics play in Boston. We got the jerseys. My dad is screaming at the TV. (laughs) It draws you in if you allow it to. Um, It's a true expression of athleticism and talent because unlike a lot of other major sports, although it is team-based, it allows the individual talent to be creative and have a high level of independence. So NBA superstars, like the names you've all heard, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, the big names, 
they can impose their will on the game in ways that other sports can't. When they have the ball in their hands and they are forcing it to the hoop, great things can happen. Um, it's the second fastest major sport, uh, only behind ice hockey. NASCAR. That's much faster. <laughs> I'm not considering that a major Which sport. Which is funny because it's faster, but it just seems slower. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's so repetitive. Yeah. Um, I went to one NASCAR race. I was bored out of my mind. I was so mad. Yeah, so I think that if you give it a chance, the excitement and the flow of the game, there's so much less stoppage than like football or baseball. It's It's a free-flowing game. You're going back and forth, up and down the court at all times you can get sucked into enjoying it. I 100% agree with everything you said. It is the fastest and most engaging of sports. Yeah. So the reason why I think if you're going to watch NBA basketball, the reason why you should become a Celtics fan is number one for us, I feel that, and now I'm not saying everyone should become a Celtics fan. I'm talking to Jeff and Jimmy, but I feel like you should follow a local team. This isn't as popular with baseball and football, but I don't know. For some it is, reason, it is, and I I could go on this for a long time as to why you shouldn't follow a local team or should. Yeah, I just have ideas in my head based on both sides of the argument that I would like to get I into. Think once your point is seeing think. a physical game in person <laughs> is a huge thing that you would lose out on if you were a fan of the Dallas Mavericks. Because, sure, you can see the Dallas Mavericks play the New York Knicks or mm-hmm. the Boston Celtics, but it's never going to be the same as being in that room with thousands of other people who are like-minded and screaming and I could agree with that. being into the game. So if you're going to start watching a sport, why not watch a team that you could actually have some interaction with? No, I totally understand that. And especially now, I mean, maybe like 100 years ago, 80 years ago people would just go to the ball field and that was their team and that's who they rooted for. Yeah. And in New York, you have multiple teams. You can decide who you want mm. to go to, what neighborhood you're from. It doesn't matter. But now think, it's televised. Yeah, it's televised too. So you could watch it. You could follow it. You could pick it for whatever reason. Do you like, maybe you're a kid and you like a Grizzlies logo rather than <laughs> like a Hornet logo. It, yeah. I don't know. But my whole thing, especially with in Connecticut, we have, we could, pick we're in between new york and massachusetts where all of our major sports teams are in our area i mean even philly is the same distance as boston from us so you could even pick Mm -hmm. philly teams if you want but like my whole thing with the hometown mentality is for football for example my last job there was a new york giants fan and a patriots fan and they were in a super bowl at the same time and they were arguing with each other and i was like i was giving the uh the new york giants fan some shit because i was like oh it's not your home team like yeah it is our home team and I'm like, no, you're in New England. The New England mm-hmm. Patriots are your home team. I don't care if the stadium's further. It's closer to New York. But even the New York Giants play in New Jersey. So, like, what the hell? Yeah. Y- your home team is the Patriots. If your whole thing is, I have to support the Giants because they're my home team. But they're not. Like, you pick who you want. If you want to pick the Patriots, pick the Patriots. You can easily go to a Patriots game just as easy as going to a, a Giants game. Well, we're in a gray area. But for a lot of areas of the country... You have one home team. Or you have none. Yeah. What if you live in like Utah? I mean, they have the Jazz, I yeah. guess. But like, it's still <laughs> a big state. You're still like, or if you live in a, a place without a hometown, without a team that's easy to get to. Yeah. What then? What What do you, what would you pick? You choose your affiliation, but. Yeah. 
like I, I said, that's, that's the, why I think it's that, not the the hard fast reason. I it's mean, it's not the hard fast thing, but like for you, you picked the Celtics for the reasons you said. You could go, sometimes you play games in Hartford. I know I haven't even gotten they do to like all the reasons why off season should be the Celtics. <laughs> but like, you have the Knicks, you have the Nets, both in New York. Yeah, you can get too easily. So here's the other thing: is it's not just locale; it's what the team values say about your life and where you live they want to win they all want to win that's not the only thing though jeff if you ask uh a red Sox fan why from connecticut why he's not into the yankees you're going to hear things like the yankees just buy everything and they've got all this money and they just throw it around and And they have more rings because they have better players and the red Sox represent the working class hard scrabble way of doing things Mm -hmm. oh yeah there's a certain each each red Sox player is making 13 dollars an hour it's like yankees fan versus mets fans too i'm just saying yeah there becomes a certain ethic one of the reasons why i like the celtics is because they have a strong history of front office leadership and being a well-run organization the New York Knicks do not. So why am I going to look in an organization that just fumbles and makes bad decisions? Insanity, dude. Yeah, that Linsanity. was not a good decision. <laughs> they didn't decide to put Jeremy Lin in. They had to due to Patrick play, players Ewing. being out. So besides being a local team, the Celtics have a very storied history. They were founded in 1946. They're one of the first eight teams in the NBA before there even was an NBA. Um, they have 17 championships, more than any other team in the league. That's nearly 24% since the founding of the NBA. So 24% of all championships were won by the Boston Celtics. They have a record eight championships in a row. So not to sound like a bandwagon fan, but it's good to be a Celtics fan because they win a lot. They've won more than anyone. But when was that? Well, the eight in a row was in the late 50s and 60s. But they're a storied franchise, Jeff. They also have done more in progressive causes in the sport. Now, the NBA in general is far more progressive than any of the other major sports leagues. Players are allowed to express themselves freely and openly. They're not shunned and kicked out of the league for kneeling or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So in 1950, the Celtics signed Chuck Cooper, the first African-American basketball player. And in 1964... The Celtics debuted the first all-black starting lineup. Um, 1965, Bill Russell became a player coach, which made him the first African-American coach of any major sports league. So they've done more for race relations in the NBA and in sports in general than any other Hmm. basketball team. I dig that. Um, They have 42 players in the Basketball Hall of Fame, more than any team in the NBA. Um And they also have a culture that is known throughout the league. The Celtics value strong teamwork, self-sacrifice, and basketball fundamentals, including defense. So, sure, there's individual stars who go out there and make their points and do all that stuff. But the Celtics are known for getting it done with teamwork and, like I said, good coaching and good organization. It's so much easier to be a fan of a basketball organization that you can respect and trust than... No offense to Knicks fans, but nobody knows what the Knicks are doing. They just traded away their best player for basically nothing. Mm -hmm. They're like doing crazy things all over the place. So I think you guys 
if you are interested in basketball as a sport, I think becoming a fan of the Celtics would be a natural progression for you. So um, I ask you to keep an open mind. And I think what I'm going to have you watch, it's hard. How do you become a fan based on, you know, a short window of time and a Mm -hmm. couple things? But I've got a a documentary called The Celtics Dynasty that unfortunately is not available a lot online. I have a DVD of it. And um, there's a lot of other documentaries about the history of the Celtics that you can watch on YouTube. I chose this one because it's pretty encompassing. It goes through all the different eras of the Celtics. Um except for it's an old DVD, so it doesn't cover the most recent championship, the one that I talked about in 2007 through 2008. Mm -hmm. So for that, I'm going to show you guys a little short playlist on YouTube called Banner Year, and it was put out by the Boston Celtics. It's just like 15 minutes. So I encourage anyone watching at home to check out some um, documentaries on the history of the Celtics and the Banner Year playlist. And then the three of us are going to get together Uh and watch a Boston Celtics game. Ooh, mm-hmm. in person? No. Oh, I don't have that kind awesome. of money. Um, uh, I don't know which one yet. Uh, we have to see how the schedule works out with you guys and the national TV schedule. But what I'm leaning towards is the Celtics versus their division rival, um, Toronto Raptors. Uh, so I think that's going to be a good matchup. It's airing on national TV. So I think that's going to be the one. Okay. I have a question. Yes. How are the Celtics looking this year? So the Celtics are having a very fraught year. They came into the season stacked with their best players in years and very lofty expectations of making a run straight to the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. And they have stammered out of the gate. Really? They're not performing to the expectations that people had for them. There's some infighting, some players dealing with injury issues that are lasting longer than people thought. How far into the season are they? We are two thirds through the season. Oh, that's not good. By the time this <laughs> episode airs, by the time this episode airs, we will hopefully be in the playoffs. I mean, when I say we're not doing great, it's relative. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're in fourth place in the East. The top eight teams make it to the playoffs, so we're mm-hmm. middle of that pack. I think it's safe to say the Celtics are going to make it to the playoffs. Uh, I don't know how far they're going to go in the playoffs, so we'll probably get more into that in the next episode when i next part of this yeah yeah i'm sorry in the follow-up segment um we'll get more into the state of the celtics now and how the game was that we watched but uh yeah hopefully when you're listening to this we are in the playoffs and jeff and jimmy are watching games with me and screaming (laughs) at every moment painted green and white yes Yes. wow so so when we come back i'm gonna do it i want to paint my body (laughs) When we go to your house, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to find out if Jeff and Jimmy bleed green. (gasps) Welcome back to Talk Me Into. Uh, This episode, as we mentioned previously, I am attempting to talk Jeff and Jimmy into my favorite sports team the Boston Celtics of the National Basketball Association. So it's been, what, it's been a week now since we recorded last? Six days. I think so. Oh. Six days. Oh, Six yeah. days. And we recently completed a little rewatch. Why don't you guys let the audience know what we watched? We watched a documentary called The Celtics Dynasty from 2004, 
which is on a DVD box set of Dan's. Yeah. That is looks heavily used and <laughs> heavily watched. Yes. Because he's a Boston Celtics super fan. And yeah. we also watched a YouTube playlist, which you could find in the show notes, called Banner Year, which was kind of a follow-up of the post-2004 documentary. It takes place in 2008. Mm-hmm. And, Jimmy, what else did we watch? We watched the Celtics play the Washington Wizards, uh, the uh, March 1st game, and, spoiler alert, the Celtics won. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's like you picked that on purpose or something. So what did you guys think? Do you want to start it off with the documentary? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll start from – because you're trying to talk us into the, the Boston Celtics. Celtics, not the NBA. Right. And not the documentary or the YouTube playlist. Right. The, yeah, the documentary yeah. and playlist were a way for you to explain to us and show us why you think that the Boston Celtics are a superior team. Yeah. Through the ages. Yeah. So um, – I was impressed, I would say, with the documentary. I I've, I think that's always been my kind of barrier from basketball in general because I don't really know a lot of the history and I don't really know a lot of the teams and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I liked that we, we got the literally basically full history of the Celtics from this documentary. I mean, you, you chimed in with a few supplemental things. Yeah. Um, but... I thought it was interesting. Um, I liked that uh, in the very beginning, you were you were talking about in the um, first segment of this about how they were kind of like one of the first more diverse, um, like racially, break, yeah, breaking the race barrier yeah. um, in the in the sport. So I like that aspect of it back in the fifties and sixties, and it was kind of cool seeing some of those old games and seeing how basketball was played back then because I've never really watched any classic games, especially not from that far ago. Yeah. Um, how about you, Jeff? Were you interested at all? Or I mean, documentaries are always interesting to me. Me even too. Even if I'm not into the topic. Uh, like when I was unemployed for six months, I just went on a documentary watching binge mm-hmm. about li- literally every document on Netflix at the time I just watched. Yeah. And you, you learn things that you don't know or maybe you wouldn't expose yourself to. Um, in this case, I didn't know much about the history of the Celtics, but it was it was a story. It was from the the 50s. I don't know how long the Celtics have been around, like the 20s? No, no. Um, or... I have it written down here, but I believe it's 1946. Okay. Okay, but this this focused on the 50s when the, the dynasty really began. Yeah. Um, Their first and, championship, right? Yeah, yep. with, yeah. with uh, some players, Bob Cousy. Yeah. Cousy and uh, Bill Russell. Yeah. So it... it and it showed because you you in the first segment were talking about how the team is like. Did you say? Did you use the word family? Or uh, I talked about the importance of teamwork that was epitomized by the Celtics more than any other team. Right. So yeah. I, I knew that there was some kind of unity there, and I think that the, the documentary was it was very basic because even you were pausing it to tell us, well, actually, this stuff happened in between these two parts, but it was introductory. Mm-hmm. And it formed a cohesive linear timeline of the teammates from Bill Cousy and Bill or Bob Cousy and Bill Russell to like, you know, as they started getting older and then there were new players added to the team, how they Mm -hmm. worked together. And there was overlap. So it was a transition. So it always did feel like one team, even when you get later into the Larry Bird years, who never played with Bill Russell, who retired like 20 years before or 10 years before he became a team. So it, it it did feel like one one team 
even throughout the 30 so years that this documentary covered. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think is cool about the Celtics that I don't really know of if this is the case with other teams in the NBA is that they have sort of core beliefs and core ways of doing things that have carried through and have been a through timeline. Like, I think this documentary does a good job of showing um, the two main components why I think the Celtics are superior to most NBA teams, which is, like we talked about, the importance of teamwork and, um, like, essential basketball basic skills and like they did a good job showing how like red arbaugh created the fast break which jimmy was talking about getting to see how nba teams of this time period played but um other teams didn't play like this uh early basketball was really dominated by like one or two super athletic talented guys on each team Mm. and it was very like one-on-one based and matchup based so the Celtics, by creating the fast break, they revolutionized the NBA because Bill Russell could grab the rebound, throw it out to whoever was in front, and they would just pass it around to whoever was closest to the basket, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that teamwork thing. And then, um, yeah, I think they did a good job. Like, did you guys catch – to me, one of the through lines of the documentary was – the other thing was the shrewdness of like the front office, like how Red Arbach built the team so carefully, like through all these crazy deals and everything, getting Bob Cousy from a bankrupt Chicago team. And Bill Russell was literally traded to the Celtics for the rights to the ice capades. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like the fact that it, it seemed very much like it was like a very well put together puzzle. Yeah. Um, especially as we're going to go into next with the banner year, just, just how things fall into place and it's it's I mean it ultimately helps the Celtics win especially just building a, a specific team that they really need well yeah it's it's an investment they yeah. weren't getting rid of the rookies they were farming them essentially I mean they were putting them on a building team. them up to yeah. the point where they could replace yeah. their where nobody wanted it. And, and even moving forward when you do get to the rookie year they're talking about drafting people that at such a or even Larry Bird they drafted him before he even graduated just to lock him in yeah yeah that was give, awesome. give him a year because they they took him at such a, a low draft seed nobody else wanted him and then they got him because they jumped in first <clears throat> yeah they got him at I, I looked it up and they drafted him at number six which would not have happened if they hadn't taken a risk because it was clear that Larry Bird wasn't coming to the NBA that year so most people probably thought Red Arbuck was crazy. Like, he just wasted a draft pick. Anything mm-hmm. could happen in a year. The kid could hurt himself or get worse or something. But, Jeff, do you, you're a little older than me, and you're much older than Jimmy. Do you remember any of the uh, Larry Bird-Magic Johnson rivalry, or was that Oh, yeah. Your I time? mean, I was still young when it was going on, um, especially – I mean, I was one – and when they won the championship in 86, I don't remember that, but I remember growing up, like those were the superstars. It was Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird shootout on Nintendo was a dope game. <laughs> and that was, I mean, that was probably my first exposure to those people because yeah. it was a cool game. Um, but yeah, like those were the names that you just saw everywhere. Like right now I don't watch basketball, but I know LeBron James exists because right. I live it's in America. part of the culture. Yeah. 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 And I think they could have gone a little bit deeper. There's actually a really good documentary called Magic and Bird mm-hmm. that focuses on how storied their rivalry was. I think was. I watched that with you. It's really good. It's really well done. 
and how they met each other in college and then numerous times in the NBA. And they ended up becoming not just like sort of rivals, but like best friends and really lifelong respected each other. And I just think it's that's a cool time period to learn about the Celtics. The 1986 team is considered like possibly one of the greatest NBA teams of all time. Interesting. But, I don't know. Did you guys have any other thoughts on the Celtics dynasty? I do kind of, and it, it goes into a broader question for you that I may not, and I, I don't think I will ever understand it. And I'm not going to be combative like I was in the first segment because I'm trying to <laughs> okay. trying to be cool. But there are things I don't understand on a larger level. So we watched this Dynasty um, documentary, 1957, their first championship. Mm-hmm. By the end of the 60s, they're up to 11. So they just owned the 60s. Yep. And like, you know, yeah. there was a couple of years they didn't, but they freaking owned it. So they're up to 11. And then 1975, they're at 13. And then six years later, they're at 14. And this is when Larry Bird comes in. So Larry Bird gets 14, 15, and 16 by 86. So like from the 50s to 80s. So for like 30 years, they win half of all of the championships. Yeah. And then there's 22 years where they don't win shit. Yeah, the lean years. The and, and I know you, you explained how you just happened to get into basketball the year that they became – champions again well it wasn't just luck they were culturally relevant again so it was floating around pop culture and we'll get into that but my whole thing is like i don't i can't understand people who are diehard fans of losing teams and i know that's an area thing and you go and see the games but for 22 years they didn't win shit and that also shouldn't that so for the first 30 years of this documentary they're great and then the second half they're Mm doo-doo and doesn't that balance out to you like Okay, they're average. They may have the most wins, but most of them were from like the same team. Mm. The Mathematically, same. they're not average. Hmm. <laughs> they're just not. They've won more than anyone else. The only team that comes close is the Lakers have 16, but that's all debatable because most of those championships were when they were in Minnesota? Minneapolis. Yeah. The Minnesota Lakers. So it's like, mm. is that really even the same team? They moved to a whole different part of the country, new ownership, new players. Because you're not just trying to talk us into like Boston Celtics now. You're trying to talk us into them as a whole. Mm. And it is impressive, but basically one to two groups of teams, like sets of people on the teams, won the bulk of these. I mean, they won 11. They won 11 out of 17 in like 13 years. Well, the thing is, on, years on a day to day basis, you're not going to have really much context for those older teams like occasionally one of those older players will show up at a game and they'll be honored or something like that but basically I wanted to give you the history because I think there is a strong through line with the Celtics more so than other teams there's a few teams in this in the NBA that are like new franchises from the 90s right they don't have the history and the the pride that the Celtics team does okay the wins don't really they don't really make that much of an impact on me picking sports teams. I mean, LOL, I'm a Mets fan. Yeah. Um. So it, 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 I think it does come down to an air, like an area thing, like where I am well, in the country. And it also comes down to like, I always kind of root for the underdog and like they haven't, I mean, they won that one game and, or they won the championship in 2008. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's great. That's awesome. But I mean, that was 20 years where they didn't win, so I guess there's and kind it's of been that, eleven years since. since. Yeah, so there's kind of that little underdog type of thing, and 
so the working class and whatnot. The I agree with you. In today's NBA, they're on equal footing with every other team. It's yeah. not like someone says, "Oh, they're the Celtics, so they have a better chance." No, it's still about the coaching and the players and all that. There's one thing that sets them apart, which is why I wanted you to watch this, and it's the ownership. It's the ownership and the management. way management is yeah. run, because. Although, yes, that was a different team in the 50s and 60s that won all those things. The through line of steady ownership, other than a few blips here or there, has been continually well-run and well-managed. And for that reason, the Celtics are always relevant. And the thing with the NBA, other than a lot of other major sports league, is that anything can happen in the NBA. Like, on a good day... Anyone, any team can win. Nobody yeah. is that bad or that good that it's no longer competitive. So I think the fact that Celtics management puts them in a position where they have a chance to win mm-hmm. already is better than a lot of NBA teams that are poorly run and aren't given the opportunity to win. Yeah, I'd agree with that. that that's So far, that's my biggest pro with the Celtics is just the way they've been run and how they, they kind of keep that throughout the years. And to answer your question, Jeff, briefly, like about the lean years and getting through when there's not a lot of winning, it does suck. There is a good few years where I've been fans where after they traded Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, they were not good. But the thing is, you look for progress. You look for, oh, this year they got a few more wins than last year. This year they got a few better players than last year. We're building towards something. Yeah, it's not like watching the Yankees and it's like, oh, they won this year. Oh, they won that year. It's kind of like you're you're kind of playing the long game. Right. Yeah, I guess I can't really have this argument with you because you're level-headed on it and you have actual answers. But no, <laughs> but for real, other sports fans who I've been around who get, you know, competitive with other people who like opposing teams, they're all about like my team's the best. And I'm like, yeah. well, is the Red Sox the best when they lost for 100 years and the Yankees have like 20-something rings? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, statistically, no, you're not the best. I mean, the history is just really for context. It doesn't no, oh, have I much of a... I know, that was that's just a question because there's, yeah. there's a lot of things about sports uh, fandom that I just don't get, even yeah. though a lot of it does closely relate to other fandoms. Well, uh, behaviors in sports fandoms are very mm-hmm. similar to other fandoms that I may be a part of or am more aware of. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I personally love about that documentary is most documentaries sort of skip over those seventies teams because the sixties were so crazy, you know, powerful. They were just world beaters. And then in the eighties with bird and parish, it's a little bit more modern. Like people remember that, mm-hmm. but I love those seventies teams. Dave Cowens is awesome. And, sort of serving as a filler for Bill Russell and um yeah John Havlicek is my favorite Celtics player and he stopped playing before I was born so how many of those games have you watched or do you just like to read about it and no I've watched a pretty good amount of games actually there's pretty good archival footage online and that box set has a few whole games too that's another thing about sports that I don't quite understand watching old games and I don't know, because sports to me seems like something exciting in the moment because you don't know what's going to happen. And that's true. Uh, I I think for aficionados, it's really important to watch that kind of stuff. Well, a lot of those games before I was born, I don't know what happened. Yeah. If I just choose not to find out and just watch it, it's like a new game. But it's more so like, like you said, Jeff, like I know factually that John Havlicek is the highest scoring Celtic player of all time. So I want to see how he does that. Like I want to see a couple games and see his style and stuff. Yeah, it's not necessarily about the outcome. But uh, then we watched uh, the Banner Year playlist. Yeah, I, this is 
pretty interesting to me because um, that's it, when you far, first started getting into the Celtics. Yeah. And, um, so I, and it I, skips I, 20 years of <laughs> whatever happened. Poor, yeah. Was it poor management? Uh, there was a little bit of that, but primarily they had really bad luck. I talked to you guys about uh, Len, Len Bias and Reggie Lewis, who unfortunately were supposed to be the Celtic stars of the future and met sudden and untimely deaths. Yeah. I mean, how do you account for that? It doesn't matter how good your management is. If you're, if you're two guys that you're banking on just drop dead at a young age, it's hard to bounce back from that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, this was interesting because I was a little bit exposed to this because, I mean, we're cousins, we're close. Uh, I probably watched a couple of games with you as you were trying to get into the Celtics for yeah. the first time. So it, it was interesting, especially like what we were talking about before, how they needed they how the puzzle pieces kind of fell together getting uh paul pierce and uh kevin garnett and ray allen ray allen so uh, i i found it very interesting it was almost kind of like a dream team yeah that they basically was able to push forward and uh really do well yeah the big three well this was significantly shorter but it did touch on a lot of the themes that dan uh talked to us about and wanted to point out like uh, they traveled to rome for a um exhibition game and they were talking about the bonding there Mm -hmm. and it's they they consider themselves really to be like family with each other and like is it i don't know maybe they're just being co-workers and they're like forced to work with each other or maybe it is family i don't Mm -hmm. know because like i hang out with co-workers outside of work but like are we best friends and family no and i think those ties did strain over the several years that these guys stuck together but for those first couple seasons, I believe them. And I like one thing the documentary didn't do a great job at that I wrote down is um, like you have to realize that each one of these guys was used to being the solo star of his own team. So Kevin Garnett was mm-hmm. the guy in Minnesota. Ray Allen was the guy in Seattle. Yeah. And Paul Pierce was the guy in Boston. Yeah. So for them to get together, it wasn't just about like learning to play with each other and getting along. Literally, each one of them had to sacrifice. All Their stats went down when they played together because there's only mm-hmm. so much you can touch the basketball. I did write that down. They said that Kevin Garnett is the greatest superstar teammate. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the it's like if the Beatles were all good solo artists and then they all got together and then they played as the Beatles again, it would be kind of like having to right. figure each other out. and Or they would just play over each other and it would yeah. sound like trash, which yeah. is – Sadly, what seems to be kind of happening with this season, Celtics, like we've got these great players again, but they're not gelling. Mm-hmm. And a big complaint from coaches and media is that they're not willing to sacrifice as much of their own stats and yeah. their own way of playing to make the team work. Yeah. But that's that Mbuto spirit that the 0708 Celtics had. Wakanda forever. Yeah, sort of. Um,. Yeah. So they went on in 2008 to defeat their longtime rivals, the Lakers, again. Which is just, like, perfect that it was the Lakers. Yeah, and it was in Boston. I do remember that happening because I'm an avid listener of National Public Radio. And for those who don't remember, 2008 was the Obama year. So I was I was hard into NPR. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was unavoidable. Um, I don't really care about sports at all, but you just couldn't avoid it. Mm-hmm. And I also, like, we, we kind of glossed over it, but um, in the Eastern Conference semifinals, when the Celtics faced the Lakers, that was, like, better than the Eastern Conference finals for me. And uh, 
it was a very young LeBron James facing off head to head with Paul Pierce, who yeah, like culturally, Paul Pierce, he's a good basketball player, but he's known for being sort of like unathletic. He's a little chubby. He's but he's very like skilled in basketball fundamentals. So to see him like go one on one with LeBron and smoke him, yeah, was great because the subsequent like five or ten times that that happened in the playoffs because they kept running into LeBron, LeBron won like all those matchups. Yeah, it makes sense. But that first year, oh, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Let's move on to the big game. The big game. The Wizards at Celtics. Yeah, March first, twenty nineteen. At the TD Garden. Pew, 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 pew. Firework explosion. Yeah, we watched this game on uh, NBC Sports Boston, which shows like every Celtics game. And we got to hear the awesome commentary by Mike Gorman and Tommy Heinsohn, who've been calling games forever. It yeah, was, they were fun. It was okay. I mean, they didn't like make me laugh out loud, but they were likable. Oh, Tommy makes me LOL. <laughs> um, So let's get into everything. And I'm going to talk about the... Uh, like the pre-show and like the commentary because you yeah. do watch that and you're trying to talk us into the team, not just the sport. Yeah. I didn't give a shit about anything they had to say. It was like, to me, it was such a colossal waste of time. Like if I want to, if I want to watch basketball, I just would want to watch basketball. I, I personally wouldn't care about what anybody had to say. Cause they're like interviewing fans and I don't care about that. And they're like, in, they were interviewing the, uh, the coach. Was it the coach or the manager? The coach, Brad Stevens. Yeah, the coach. And he was just, like, telling a story about taking an Uber. I don't care. <laughs> I, that's a waste of time. It's, it's like, less than background music at a bar to me. It's it That part I hated before yeah. the game even started. So, well, I mean, I'm not going to try to defend it, but one thing I will say is that that is very out of the norm. And I said it when, when it came on. Is like You did. Generally, like, I don't watch all that before every game, but I will tune into the coach's thoughts segment. Because usually it's game planning. He's going to say, like, oh, Bradley Beal on the Wizards is great, and we have to do a good job at guarding him, and their big guys can really pass. So it sort of gives you, like, a look into, like, hey, keep an eye out for this stuff throughout the game. Who's that for? Is that for super fans like you? Is it for, like, 10-year-olds who are watching it, like, with their dad? Who? What? Who's that for? What it's really for, not to sound is, too cynical, is to, to have extra to time to cram in extra commercials. Because okay. once the game starts, they don't stop for commercial unless there's a timeout. So my yeah. first note after this said two minutes in first commercial. Yeah, because they put them all at the oh. beginning, oh, the halftime, and the end. Stuff anymore. It's just the way it has to be. You can't stop the game in the middle of play just to put a commercial in. Yeah. Yeah, I understand, but like, I already hate commercials, and commercials during sports are just. Ugh. Yeah, we fast forward though. I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Most we fast forward, but it's still, it's still a break in the game. You, you, I didn't even get a chance to get into. It's two minutes into the game. I had no chance to even get into it. Yeah, the the commercials were uh, a little off putting for me. Oh, so I actually want to address that specifically. So the reason why there was a commercial break two minutes into the actual gameplay is a good thing for the Celtics because the reason why is because paid. No, they were off to such a good start. The Washington Wizards were down by like 10 points immediately. It was like they were. Yeah. So the Wizards coach called a timeout to try to rally his players and be like, hey, get your head in the game. Mm -hmm. And because they called the timeout, they show a commercial. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the commercials need to happen because people need to get paid. I understand that. I work in TV. Makes sense. But I would like while 
they're doing i mean i guess that's what the halftime the yeah the halftime show is for whatever it's kind of talking about the game and what's happening and yeah in those timeouts or whatever there can be speculations there can be who needs to be put in stuff like that so i don't know i mean that's just on tv broadcasting in general but do you guys have thoughts on the actual gameplay i thought it was okay i thought this game was as itself was fine yeah i mean i've seen enough basketball games it seemed just like an average game to me um i do have to say that the shot clock is a fantastic invention yeah because like without it it would just be so much longer and like uh, the wizards were holding the ball for a while and just shoot shoot the damn ball yeah yeah but uh that's a great i mean it, it it was a fast game it had a dip in the middle it came back the the celtics were down they were up significantly the wizards caught up to them in the end they bounced back and flew way ahead of them yeah so i mean it was it was eventful like there was a dip like could they lose i don't know maybe look and they came back and you had that excitement but yeah overall it was a pretty average game it was pretty average i'll admit and uh i've been having an internal battle for the past week that you guys are unaware of because the celtics are on a four game losing streak now i wasn't insistent on showing you guys a game where the celtics won i would i actually was kind of considering showing you a loss but the problem is they were losing so badly that it was not a good uh example of how the Celtics usually play. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to show you a game where they look like crap and get trounced by 30 because that's not what most games are like. They're on a bad losing streak right now, but I thought this was a nice game. Like Jeff said, it had some ebbs and flows. Wasn't the, it wasn't a like a world shaker, but it was a fun game that the Celtics pulled out a win on. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking to see if I had anything else to say. Yeah, I, I thought it was... Uh... I don't know. I'm having a hard time with the sport in general just because uh, on a surface level, it's cool. You can see people do cool tricks and make some hoops, but I'm not into the the internals and the and the moves and the st- strategy. Uh, oh, a lot of people are into strategy, though. I will defend that. Like football is 100 percent strategy. Yeah. Like that's that's just a game of chess using humans as your pawns. Um so like I'll I'll defend it on that. Whether yeah. or not you're into it is up to you. Yeah, I think that's just a general preference for myself. And I am gonna say that the more you understand all the finer things that are happening, the more you're gonna like it. Like or appreciate. Cause like when if I'm watching a highlight reel, like pretty much those documentaries were there were some good moves in there. Yeah. There was like Larry Bird highlight reel. He did some bonkers stuff with a ball I could never even dream of doing. It's so like that was cool and like a lot of that stuff I could appreciate. But no, I see you're going to like it because here's the thing. (laughs) I'm going to like it. You theoretical person would like it because (laughs) like I said in the first segment with my parents, they started watching it. They knew nothing about basketball. And in the early stages, they didn't care that much. It was just people running up and down the floor with a ball trying to make it in the hoop. Mm -hmm. But once they started to understand like, oh, player X is setting a pick for player Y as a scheme to get player Y open then the ball's going to go back. Like It's not just appreciation because now you have more stuff to watch. There's 10 guys on the floor. If you're only watching the one guy with the ball in his hand and it's just magic to you as to how it gets to someone and gets in the hoop, okay, that's viscerally entertaining to see a little bit of movement and shiny, flashy things going in hoops. But to understand and know, like, to be able to, like I said, watch, just like Jeff said, chess, you're watching the whole board. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't just make more sense. It's more entertaining. There's more going on. Yeah, I, I agree. And I wish I could like that. I just, at this point, I don't think I am. Well, it's, it's kind of like, think of it as video games, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, you're very personal, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I just thought of this and I don't know if it's going to make sense. Basketball is kind of like the Mortal Kombat's the side by side fighters. Like you're thinking in yeah. the moment you have to do it fast. You have to come up with these moves Yeah, and like football or baseball even is more like a call of duty where you're like planning things. I'm going to go to this location, yeah, this yeah. person and you have strategy. Basketball is more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Thinking uh, on your feet. Yeah, it's just like instincts. Yeah. It's instinctual. It's jazz. <laughs> it's Utah jazz. Actually. Hi, this is Kyle Malone. Like, I've heard a comparison to say, like, football is like opera and basketball is like jazz because. It is. There is, there is, there are plays, but they tend to be more flexible. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's basic movements that a team can do, but you have to be able to. Um, freestyle basically on top of that play so like okay Kyrie Irving is the main star on the Boston Celtics and he's the ball handler he brings the ball up they're gonna run a play where someone comes and sets a pick for him to get open but if that doesn't work he has to decide immediately is he gonna cut to the basket is he gonna pass so they have plays but they're always changing them up and riffing on them Mm -hmm. but uh I don't know what did you guys think of the the uh, ending and stuff? I saw Jeff writing a few notes towards the end. Yeah, I was just writing some final thoughts and just a li- maybe a couple things that um, I just noticed. Like I said, it was it started off hot, kind of dipped, and was boring in the middle. Um, I was on my phone during a good portion of it. Uh, I was listening to it, and like when when it started to get heat up again, I put my phone down and I was engaged. So before I ask you guys if I talked you into it, I want to go over two other okay. general things Okay. that I forgot to mention in the earlier part of this episode. One of them is that um, besides just being like your local team culturally, another good reason to root for the Celtics is that you could physically go see the Celtics. I've seen them in Boston like four times, and it is super fun. It is the experience of watching it at home times 10,000. I'll agree to that. I've been to a couple like major league games. I've been to Harlem but... Globetrotters. Yeah, that's fun. And even beyond, <laughs> it's actually pretty. Dope. Even beyond the excitement of just seeing a game in in person, the Celtics culturally across the NBA are known as having one of the best home crowds. Like mm-hmm. Celtics fans well, are generally more informed. No, no, even it's Boston. Yeah, like they're always enthused and. I thought you overly. were going to say like, oh, everyone thinks their team is no, because like Philly are assholes about everything and they like destroy <laughs> stuff. And like New York is passionate even against New York teams like Mets versus Yankees. Yeah, yeah. I've been to the Subway Series before. Like that I, doesn't I work that. in basketball though. New York basketball fans are usually pretty uninformed and dumb and are really there just because it's New York. You think so? Yeah, like it's known throughout the league. Maybe the Knicks, but like yeah. since the Nets came, the Nets are just a. F- Unflashy new team. They're, yeah, they, they're, they're not like even hip, that good. Right? Yeah. They're in bed They were Jay Z's team. Jay Z put me in Brooklyn. But nice. to go to that TD Garden in Boston and hear the roar of the crowd and everyone yeah, getting sure. into everything is super fun. And then the other thing is Celtics weird Twitter is super fun. You may have seen a little bit of this from my Twitter account. Uh, sometimes I see something that's like Danny Breakdown liked the starters tweet and I was like I don't know any of these words 
in that order. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> it's super fun because a lot of Celtics fans are very informed and are very into like following the minutia of the team. You get really weird, like insular memes that nobody understands, but, but Celtics that's ev- Twitter. That's everything that you could any fandom. But you, again, yeah. I'm sure that there's other Celtics sports teams ones that are too. really known for it. People go crazy. People get tattoos of memes of Celtics players' nicknames that the players don't even know about. <laughs> like it's deep. It's weird. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's that's cool. That's fine. It's part of the the fandom. The yeah. Social, social media aspect. is very fun for Celtics fans. That's cool. It's part of the community. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta like I said today. You know, Smarf is doing Smarf things. You got to engage with the social media for the Celtics. Smarf. So I guess I'm really nervous to say this because I don't <laughs> like the vibe of the room right now. Hey, dude, I. We we've had episodes where things went completely opposite. You don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And you guys were good. You were silent through the whole game, which is a very weird environment to watch a game in. <laughs> yeah, because like I was saying, this I'm also before. concentrating on the game too. No, but. but I mean, even with other podcasts we had, we're like save it for the podcast. You can't. You like put aspects of your friendship on hold. So oh, we, I agree with you. It's just strange. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. strange. It's something that you don't really get used to, especially like it's a sports game. You're well, just and so silence. far for this podcast, we've done all our rewatches like separate. Oh yeah, this is the first time we've yeah, been together. We did the magic one together because we played, but yeah. other than like watching it, this is the first time we've done it together. Yeah, yeah. Any hoozle, Jeff and Jimmy. Oh boy. <laughs> I really want you to be talked into it because I would love to go see a game with you. (laughs) Jeff and Jimmy, did I talk you into liking the Boston Celtics? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Dan. I'm very sorry. Um, It's it's just basketball, man. I can't get into it. I want to. I want to like it so bad. I can't. I just can't. I've been holding this in for a long time. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I said no because I've, as a child, I was very into basketball. It, this was something I was into. I grew out of it, stopped caring about it, and I haven't for years. And it's just basketball, sports in general. I will say that you did prove your points about the Boston Celtics maybe being the best team, whether it's statistically or just preferential like the documentaries you proved your point like it, it was run it was run well there was a there's a storyline a decades-long storyline and to you these are characters with a long storied past and to me it's just like background st- stuff while you're like i don't know folding clothes just doing something else like just on your phone another hobby it's something maybe like if you're sort of interested to put it on in the background but it it didn't keep my attention I was bored throughout most of the game. Even the, like the, this is very fast paced and that's not a Celtics thing per se. It's just a basketball, basketball. thing. Yeah. NBA and like one hour of our real time, there was 16 minutes worth of basketball. And to me that that's a waste. Like I do very wasteful stuff with my time. It's not 24 like four my... minutes four 12 minute quarters. No, but by at one hour when I looked into oh, okay. it, I wrote I, whatever I quarter you meant we were over at. the whole amount. No, no, but like at that point, there was sixty minutes of gameplay, and it's like I'm not, I'm not curing cancer or doing anything worthwhile. But it's just to me, it seems like a personal waste. Yeah, uh, you, you might have talked me into appreciating the Boston Celtics, 
and I like them as a team, but it's just basketball as a medium. I just can't get into it. What you did was you you convinced me or you proved to me why you like it. After all these years of not understanding, well, I understand why you like it. It's just not my bag. I guess I'll take that as a small victory that you won't criticize me as much for liking the Boston Celtics. If we have something going <laughs> on and I'm like, oh, I can't do that tonight because the Celtics are playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't hate it. Right. I wasn't watching it like, oh, uh, uh. it's just like it's nothing to me. It, yeah. it exists. It brings other people joy. It doesn't do anything for me. So I think if I understand what you guys are saying correctly, we need another episode <laughs> to decide. <laughs> guys, there's three more games on this week. Only if it's the 1990 Chicago Bulls. Oh, they're not all they're cracked up to be here. Hey, man, I was a product of the time. <laughs> Well, I was unsuccessful in what is perhaps my most passionate plea <laughs> for you guys to like the Boston Celtics. I felt really bad, like just think in the last hour, just thinking because I I knew it was going to be a no, like while watching the game because I was so bored, and I was I just thought back to when we recorded last week. You had like a presentation prepared. I wanted so <laughs> he bad. Went, like with Bob Dylan, he was riffing. He was going off. Yeah. He wasn't looking at anything. With this, he had like I don't I didn't see what you have on your screen, but you were reading. You had stats, <laughs> you prepared. And I was like, I'm gonna crush my best friend's little heart. I mean, it's one thing that my family likes it and that's cool and that's great. I love spending time with them, getting into the Celtics, but I have no peers at all, no friends who like the Celtics. How about this compromise? If you want to go to a Celtics game, I will go to you. If we make a day of it, spend the day in Boston, go to some record shops, maybe go to a seafood place. Will I have to pay for your Celtics ticket? No, we'll we'll split it. Oh, that's a deal. Wait, split it like you No, pay. I mean, I pay for my so like okay, go tickets Dutch. aren't tickets aren't expensive. Like 100 bucks for the shitty seats. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I mean, in the regular season, you could find them for like 50 to 60 probably. What? For like the what last What did you think row. they were? $5? I, dude, I don't know. When I was like a kid, I would go to like Yankees and Mets games and they were like $14 for garbage seats or whatever. Yeah, but there's like 120 baseball games a season. But there's 80 something basketball games. Only 40 of them at home though. Yeah. Damn. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's rethink that. I want to be your friend. <laughs> We could talk about that off the air. <laughs> you notice Jimmy didn't pipe in about going to a Celtics game. I wouldn't mind. I mean, I don't. How care. much are the exp- exhibition games at the in Hartford? Oh, pff, that's not even worth it. You won't even enjoy it. Well, I won't. I'm the games going. don't count as anything, and they half the team is there to root for the other team. I mean, half the stadium is there to root for the other team. If you're gonna go, you got to go to Boston. But we could talk about that. I'll go. Let's make a day of it, guys. But only if we have like solid plans. Like I want to go get some good seafood. Jeff's going for the food, know. and I guess he'll I'll get drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna okay. be great. I mean, I don't know. They hey, don't really there's a pizza. lot of people that have a great time being drunk at TD Garden during a Celtics game. That's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna be on TV. Yeah. Oh, is it as bad as Lansdowne Street after a Red Sox game? No. Oh, that's terrible. If you go to a show at House of Blues and there's like a game out on at the same time, oh, yeah, the crowds mix and it's not fun. So I think you guys are talking me into something. Teaming up. Teaming up. Let's make it a daily double. We haven't teamed up against Jimmy yet, have we? No. This is our first one. Against, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, You're going to like our thing. I guess that works because this episode clearly was adversarial. It was me <laughs> against you, too. It was, yeah. but I, I went into it open. I was trying very hard today yeah. 
to enjoy it. I just wanted to use the full range of the title of the podcast. I wasn't just presenting you the Boston <laughs> Celtics. I was really talking you into it. You you <laughs> yeah. did a, a good job. Maybe some people will be talked into after I listening hope so. to us. Hey, if you were talking to the Boston Celtics, hit me up. I'm looking for friends. <laughs> maybe there are people who enjoy basketball but don't have strong feelings about a team, and maybe you'll convince them to make Boston their team. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Jeff, why don't you tell Jimmy what we're going to be talking him into on the next episode? Next week, we're going to be talking Jimmy into the Twilight Zone. Nice, nice, I like it. It's, you know, top five favorite shows of all time. Mm -hmm. We're talking Twilight Zone original Original, 1959 to 1963, baby. Oh, this is black and white. Or 64. Um, Yeah, but we were planning on this, and by the time the episode comes out, it'll be a few weeks into the revived Twilight Zone series with Jordan Peele. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just good timing. So we're going to... It's going to be in the cultural zeitgeist. Yes. The zeitgeist indeed. And actually, one of the episodes we're going to have you watch is being remade with Adam Scott in this new series. I heard about this. Wow. So if you want to follow along with us, we are going to be watching five episodes of The Twilight Zone, which are available streaming on Hulu, if I'm correct. Hulu, CBS All Access. Uh, I'm not sure about Netflix, but definitely those first two. So... The first episode that I picked that I really want Jimmy to watch, one of my favorites, is Time Enough at Last. It's season one, episode eight. And then Jeff and I are both pretty inspired by... Right, and we'll get into that next episode. The Obsolete Man, which is season two, episode 29. Uh, Jeff, what else are we having people watch? Uh, We're going to be talking about and watching Five Characters in Search of an Exit, which is season three, episode 14. Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, which is probably one of the most well-known episodes, I would say. Shatner, baby. Yeah. In peak overacting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Season 5, Episode 3. And lastly, one of my personal favorites, which could be controversial for Twilight Zone fans, Night Call, Season 5, Episode 19. I'm excited for that one. Not not coming to the top of my memory as one of the uh, more memorable, so I'll have to see what Jeff loves about it. we'll, We'll get into that. Pretty excited. Jimmy, where can people find the show online? They can find us at Talk Me Into on Twitter and Talk Me Into on Facebook. And if you feel so inclined, you can send me an email at talkmeinto at gmail.com. Just me specifically. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, If you agree or don't agree with our opinions on these things, shoot us an email. We'll read it online and tell you online. We'll read it on the podcast (laughs) and we'll tell you if you're wrong or right. (laughs) Uh, remember to (laughs) don't forget to subscribe rate and review if you feel so inclined if you feel so inclined if you feel so inclined you can find me on twitter at danny underscore breakdown and please read my film reviews if you feel so inclined at letterbox.com under the name danny breakdown jeff you can find me on twitter at jeff with five f's two seven jeff twenty (laughs) seven uh if you want to see me tweet at mayors of large cities across the nation, follow me. Yeah. You can find me at son of a fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Facebook, Instagram. Also follow my photography Instagram at son of a pics. This guy's got his I hands like in it. everything. You're funny. I just got all the things. You're a true bohemian, Jimmy. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you in the next? The Boston Celtics! Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
maybe in an alternate dimension. I like dance better. I love how excited I got. I was like, I'm like, you're a candle guy! And nobody even knows what that even f***ing means. He's just like, oh, he's really excited. About There's that. like two <laughs> things in this circle that we've created that are just things now. <laughs> candle guys and hot tea boys. Oh, yeah. I haven't talked about hot tea at all. Neither have I. And I've actually been getting way back into hot tea. I've been getting into, I've been having that masala chai latte. Maybe you guys have to talk to you into hot tea. Ooh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I I fell off hard of the uh, the masala chai latte. Yeah. And then I I realized I still had it. I was like, oh, I should probably use this, and it's real good. I had some today. Ooh, we're halfway there. Whoa, oh. eating greeny pears. Whoa. I literally don't have a voice still. <laughs> Whoa. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Whenever you're ready, Danny. One second. I can't get this to... There it goes. Welcome back to talk me into... No, brother. Don't expect to find one of us in the wreckage. You simply abducted the darkness. I was born in it. Molded by it. Popo? Or in a city. They're coming for you. In the city, there's a thousand things I want to say to you. Okay, ready? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.